You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Authorities Draft Season Podcast, part of the Packernet Podcast Network. Jake Javink here with you guys on this fine Monday, and we have another positional primer, of course. we got to get to all of them before uh, the 2023 NFL Draft gets underway. We only have a, a couple weeks now, so these are going to come out fast and furious. Uh, going to be a lot of fun to get through these, but today, my personal favorite uh, we are going to tackle the wide receiver position, and we're going to go down the board. Uh, there's a lot to get to, a lot of sleepers to talk about. Uh, there's a few that I think we're going to cover a little bit more just because I think there's a little bit more of a divide, I think, amongst rankings, and we'll kind of talk about why that is with a lot of them. Uh, maybe we'll go into some some advanced stats uh, with PFF. I, I do have it up. So we'll talk about some of them. But I think overall, we just kind of want to paint a picture of, of what the class is. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to give some rankings, not all. Uh, final rankings for me will be posted probably Monday of draft week. Uh, it'll be in like, it'll be in a horizontal form. It won't be like, you know, it, it'll be position based. So you'll see receivers in their own um, category. And, and they'll be able to see some more detailed stuff, write-ups, videos, whatnot, in, in like the doc um, link underneath it. So you'll see those final, but I want to talk about as many as we can get to. I know we've talked about a few of them. I know we've talked about a few of them on the uh, podcast pretty much at length. Uh, it, it, we went way in-depth with a few of them because I think a lot of them were topics of conversation uh, back in December, back in January. But we will breeze back through them again here so yeah, let's let's dive in. Let's let's roll. We got a lot of receivers. I think we can we're going to get to and talk about in this one. So obviously we're going to start we're going to start at the top uh, with Jackson Smith and Jigba from from Ohio State, and I think it's it's kind of becoming draft Ohio State wide receivers because you know you get Wilson and Olave last year's class, McLaurin in twenty nineteen. You come back with uh, I mean Jamison Williams. You could count him if you want to. Next year we're going to have Marvin Harrison, Amika Abuka. So, yeah, it, it it's becoming just draft them. And I think with, with JSN, there's there's plenty to dive into because I, we, we talked about this class, I think, being, one, a class of slot receivers, and then, two, a, a smaller class. And now, I don't think JSN's small, per se, and, and, and we'll get to a lot of the smaller guys, I think, at, at some point throughout this episode for sure, but I think JSN's... I mean, six foot and 196, that's bigger than Olave. So, 
Wilson was like a, a less than 185. Uh, Olave was like 188. I mean, Smith and Jigba's more built than the frame wise than than both of them. So, you know, we we talk about small with with this class. Smith and Jigba's really not in that category per se. Now, he can win in three phases. I, I think you see that from him. I think you see the ability to assess coverage pre-snap and really understand spacing against zone, spacing with other receivers on his team, right? Route spacing is important. And I did a, a video on, on Mingo recently, and there's, there's a rep where, you know, you're running crossers, you know, running towards each other, but you got to be able to level level those out and space them out the correct level. I don't know who ran the wrong route. That's to be determined by the coach, by the play call itself, right? Like we were not in the room, but route spacing is important. I think what you see from Smith and Jigba too is just really like an an idea of where the space is going to be pre-snap and understanding, okay, what do I need to do to A, keep that space open and B, you know, with with a defender near me or on me like how can i get to a point where the space is going to be accessible but i'm going to have leverage to access that space and that's i think what smith and jigba brings to the table right i think he you know when you're looking at too high coverage and he did this in the in the rose bowl you know understanding okay once i clear this second level defender that's dropping into zone i need to bend this route off against split safety middle field open it's going to be open i need to bend the route into the middle field and he does that Right, and I think against Michigan the, the season before, you know, you see him understand, okay, cool, middle of the field is going to be open. What do I need to do to move this defender? Okay, I'm going to use some route pacing, something that, you know, I don't have speed. I don't have, you know, overly explosiveness um, in my game, but I can pace a little bit. I come off slow off the line of scrimmage against some off coverage. I accelerate into what looks like a fade route into my break, break off, you know, re- corners getting turned the other direction. And I've created space underneath for myself. So he's going to be able to do that. He's going to be able to move guys with leverage based on where he stems, right? There's, there's a rep against Utah as well in the Rose Bowl where he's, you know, it, he's not running a straightforward route. And I don't think you have to necessarily do that. You know, he goes he goes in, out, in. And the defender is is moving based on the leverage he's threatening. And he's able to win the slant route. So I think he's, he's, he's really well-versed at attacking coverage. Um, I think he's got a pretty decent repertoire against press. 83% success rate against press coverage per Matt Harmon of reception perception. So a, a very useful tool there if you don't know about that. But um, yeah, I think when it comes to... He doesn't... Obviously, it's against slot corners, right? He's not getting you know the, the top of the top in terms of defeating press. But I think with what you see the plan of attack as a route runner and, and all the stuff we, we've already talked about, I think that the transition to the perimeter is, is doable for him. And I think that is really the key to the eval a little bit is projecting like, okay, can he play outside? And I think the answer is yes. Catch point, you know, he doesn't have supremely long arms, 30 and a half inches. That's not very long. I think that's the same as, as tank Dells. Uh, so not great there but again he's a reliable hands catcher he can win at the catch point you know there's a, again against Michigan he's he's wrapping around a defender to make a catch pinning the ball I think to the defender and and him as well but you know natural hands uh you know the drop rate was was really low 2021 drop rate 
for Jackson Smith and Jigba is 5.9%. When you have 112 targets, that's pretty good. I would say that's pretty good. Uh, so overall, I think we're, we're, we're pretty clean and we've, we've seen the creative footwork. We see the ability to, you know, catch to attack transition, right? Foot positioning is really important before the ball arrives. If you want to make that first defender miss, especially when you're not overly fast or explosive, Smith and Jigba does that extremely well. And, and he just kind of finds a way stiff arm, you know, like I said, feet positioning, everything to to transition into, okay, I'm a runner now, let's attack. He does a great job with that. And I believe he averaged in 2021, let me double check, yeah. So his A dot was relatively low, right? Short and intermediate area were 9.3 on the A dot. It jumped a little bit uh, in the limited reps he played in 2022 to 12.1, but the, the yak per reception, 8.3 yards after the catch per reception for, for Smith and Jigba, that's a really, really good number. So he's winning in all three phases. Right, but I do think some people are like going a little too far with Smith and Jigba. I think he's middling. I think you could make an argument that he'd be potentially um, in the top five of last year's group. Uh, is he better than Olave? Maybe Olave's probably better pre-catch. Maybe give uh, maybe a push at the catch point. Smith and Jigba's better post-catch. Hard to know where you're going to lean there. Um, Garrett Wilson has everything Smith and Jigba is, but I think he plays the ball better in the air, right? And, and he has the post-catch stuff, and he's a little bit more explosive than Smith and Jigba. So you probably give the edge to Wilson. Obviously, both Wilson and Olave play in the perimeter. Smith and Jigba did not. So there's a lot of a lot of folks that, not a lot, but some have kind of gone, okay, so is he Justin Jefferson then? Is Smith and Jigba Justin Jefferson? Because Jefferson played in the slot. And I'd caution that because I think Jefferson was a little bit more quick-twitched um, the ability for, for, for Jefferson to just, the route running was all there, right? That That's where the comp's coming from, you know, the ability, the production. But I think where Jefferson really shined is the rocker step, the top of route manipulation for him. And and he still had some juice to win vertically that, that Smith and Jigba just really doesn't. Now, Smith and Jigba can win vertically. He, he has to do it with route pacing. So that's that's the kind of difference there. I just don't think he's at the Jefferson level per se even though I really like the player. So for me, I think he's going to be my top guy, but he could carve out the slot role and never play Z at all. And that that's totally in the realm of possibility. We have to potentially prepare for that. But again, this class is just kind of like, okay, pick your slot Z potentially, right? So I like Smith and Jigba though. I think the the tools are there. So you know, when when you look at him, you you look at a very a very well rounded playmaker. Uh, let's go to a guy who I think has gotten who's it's very cooled off with him. Uh, Jordan Addison, obviously, you know, transferring to USC after winning the Belichick with Pitt really helped. Uh, Kenny Pickett reached some first round status a little bit. Uh, what do you have? He had 115, 93, and 17 touchdowns in 2021. Transfers to USC, and again, it's a new offense, right? You're you're playing with a really good quarterback, but there's other competition there. Like, like USC's got some studs, some young studs at receiver. So to catch 59 for 875 and eight touchdowns, I think that's pretty solid uh, in, in a loaded room where you have, you know, Williams just throwing it all over the yard. Uh, for me, the thing with, with Addison that I think is a little bit underrated is his usage of the speed. Now, he ran 449, so that's not a great number. But I think his ability, he he did have some vertical wins at USC. Uh, the Stanford game is definitely one of them. He's, he's facing a, a, a talented corner in, in Caillou Blue Kelly. 
Um, so he's gotten wins there. But the utilization of the speed to get defenders, you know, opening the gate, turning the corner, right? Like he's getting guys to open up that he thinks they're going vertically, right? And just that ability to sell is what's important for him as a route runner because he wins at all three levels as a route runner, right? It's it's For him, it's he, he can, and I think he does. I think he shows you that he can run the speed turn, right, where you're not really sinking your hips, but you're staying on a tight line out of your break, maintaining some play speed. To where you're, you're, you know, creating separation that way. He threatens disadvantageous leverage as well. But what he really does is the crisps, you know, the crisp routes where he's sinking the hips and exploding out of the break. And it's very hard to cover when you're that efficient and that that explosive in the short area with your with your transitions in the route breaks. And that's what makes him dangerous. Uh, the weight for him to combat press because he's only 170 some pounds, 773, I think, is is what he came in as. The way he's going to have to combat press is he he can't mess around. He can't do too much. There are just there are reps where he's trying to like, all right, maybe I can run through this guy out muscle him, or maybe I can just string together, you know, several steps, or I'm just you know, oh, I'll gain ground, but I'll find a way around it. It's like no, you just don't you don't have the length, and neither does Smith and Jigba really for 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 press, and that's that's where it gets tougher. Where he has to win is he has to win with the functional quickness and quick twitch he has as a playmaker. That's where Addison is going to do damage. He's done it. He's defeated Press before. It's it's good when he just squares on the split release and he's getting in into his into his um stem immediately. Just use that the twitch to come square, the explosiveness to get to get moving immediately. That's where he's going to get the wins because once he's in phase, once the route's underway, it's tough to handle him because he's so efficient and and it has the burst and, and efficiency in the in the route breaks. It's tough to challenge him, and he even does pretty decent after the catch. You know, seven yards after the catch per reception. They use him a little bit more in the, in the sneak routes, the flat routes at USC, but I think he does a good job of of, of finding ways with quick feet to make defenders miss. He's not going to overwhelm anybody with size, obviously. Right, Smith and Jigba is able to do it a little bit better. But but Addison, I think, is still really reliable, reliable hands, right? His drop rate's relatively low. Um, where is it? It was 3.3% this past year. Dropped heavily from 99 as a as a sophomore. That's great to hear uh, for him. But I, another guy who I think, you know, he's probably in the range where you look at him and you go, okay. So last year, Jahan Dotson. He's probably in that similar range, maybe a little bit better as a route runner, in my opinion. Some people would say no. That's totally fine. But I do think Addison's still a, a really reliable player who I think can play on the perimeter, can play in the slot. Like this is kind of the Smith and Jigba thing, right? So, but he's just going to combat it in a different way because he's a little bit faster and, and has a little bit more short area explosiveness and short area burst than, than Smith and Jigba does. Okay. So we'll move on. Let's talk about a guy who I think is consistently inconsistent and just maddeningly frustrating as a player and a prospect that it's, it's very hard to get the full grasp on either what he is versus could be. And there's just a lot of talk about him, and I want to make sure we, we cover it because we've, we've talked about him, again, like I said, several times on the pod here. So Quinn Johnston, TCU. Production metrics love him. Athletic metrics, they, they love it. Right, The 40 time was fine. The explosive jumps were really good you know he's got good size he's 6'3 208 or 6'2 and 6'2 and three quarters 308 or 208 um 
you know, posts a thousand yards, posts nearly 18 yards per reception uh, in the junior season, over 18 and a half for his career, right? But I think, and he's got over three yards per route run uh, as a junior. That's a big number. Uh, that I believe clears the other two. Yeah, Addison was 2.78, and Smith and oh, Smith and Jig was four uh, in 2021. That's a stupid number. But again, the A dot's pretty high. We got to talk about a, a couple things with 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 Johnson. So I want to talk. He's a rare athlete, right? You see the athleticism shine in terms of how the strides that he can generate. You know, he maybe not is he's maybe not as fast as we think he is, but the long strides give you that 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 explosive burst and the ability to threaten post catch. And, and really, what what separates him, I think, post catch is just watching him. You know, do that little jump move he has to kind of get in the air, be able to, once he plants, he's exploding all that plant foot. He uses his head to manipulate defenders like, I'm going one way, but I'm, I'm not. I'm going the other way. He's he's he's, he's quick twitched. He, he's good laterally. He can make that first defender miss that way, right? He's got some answers post-catch, uh, you know, in, in the short area, you know, navigating through traffic or with just open space presents itself. I think with, with him, there's also, I think, the rare ability to sink his hips for a 200-plus pound receiver and a taller receiver. I think you see that. I think you see him press vertically really well. But again, to get out of the break really efficiently, to decelerate and accelerate into the break at the size he is and in, in very little yardage displacement is is a big deal for, for, for Johnston. And he ran a really impressive um, post-comeback route where he's, he's supposed to sell the post, but he just drops the hips, gets out of the break real efficiently against Michigan. And it's just a route that a lot of the more technically refined route runners do. It's a route that they're generally given in the NFL. You think of your Devonta Smiths, you think of your Olaves, right? Like guys like that who are just really strong doing this, digs another, right? You can maybe give Adams it because he's just, again, with route pacing and tempo. So he's given routes like these, and you see that. And then you see him sometimes defeat press, but it's it's the inconsistencies, and we're going to talk about those. Now, he needs to win more in the contested uh, part of his game for a player his size, right? Like he needs to be winning downfield. And sometimes the the downfield wins, he can go up and get the football. He, he, he He's shown the ability to do that. But there are just times where he gets, I think, caught in the middle of trying to track the football, not recognizing that DB's most notably the safeties, are closing in on the football and and he's just getting caught in no man's land where he's not able to stop and, and, and go elevate for the ball. So it's just finding that, incons- that that consistency to track the football well enough to understand, okay, well, I got to go elevate for this one, right? Understanding, you know, just awareness of, of just really everything. Field awareness, defender awareness, It's it that needs to get better, right? And I think when you look at how he should handle press like he should be an X like the potential's there but it, it's kind of like okay the training wheels go on and it looks good right for the first run and then you take the training wheels off and it's like ah, I think I'm falling and I've fallen and I can't get up so the, the the perfect example of this I think is against Georgia and and he what what I think he does really well is he works the vertical plane well and Against Keely Ringo, who, again, you can debate about what he is as a prospect. That's fair. Um, but, again, a talented Georgia corner. Split release. 
inside stem release, press vertically, sink the hips, get out of the break, wide open. Got him off balance because he's quick and explosive. Maybe just, again, overwhelmed him a little bit. Didn't think, wow, this guy's got that juice. But then he goes right back to it, right? There's no, there's not a diverse plan in place, right? Like he's coming square and he's in the stem. Like that, it's not nuanced enough to where it's like, okay, I can just get into the stem, right? Or I, you know, I need to come square long enough to keep my two options open. And it's like Ringo just drove him off the route and it's, it was over. Right, so they, they, Michigan and Georgia had him in the gulag a lot as impress. And the other thing I think with with diversifying his release package, he also needs to work on using the length he has and, and the frame he has to also combat, you know, powerful players at, at, at impress, right, with a quick jam, right? If the quick jam is coming, you got to be able to swipe in time. And he shows the ability to swipe the hands, but it's usually when he's given more time in the route for that to progress and understand that, okay, now's my time. He needs to be able to react quicker against press to do so. So there's there's all of these like inconsistent things. And then there's the thing with the body catching, right? Where he's just, he's understanding, okay, I've got this, this crossing route. You know, I did a really good job finding my space and zone where I need to be to flood the zone concept or flood the zone in this concept. And I just dropped the ball because I let the ball to get too far into my frame. Good one against... I think that was against Baylor. Again, one against West Virginia where he is pressing vertically to run the dig, gets out of the break efficiently. You know, they got the defender to turn vertically. He's open, wide open, drop. Can't have that. Cannot have that. So the the there's just inconsistencies that are bothersome. And then there's, again, he, is, he gets really, really hot, had two really, really good games against Kansas, Oklahoma State, and kind of disappears. Right, the Michigan game, most of what he did was two plays. It was the play where, again, offers a great hesitation move post-catch and on, a, on a simple drag route, he turns it into a score. Right, He's not given any press. He's given a free release. Right, the, it's, it's way off man coverage, just runs the post, and it's hard to handle him with the speed he has. So two big plays that really ate up a lot of what he did in that game. So it's hard to really put Johnston as a like top 10 type as a, as a potential, like, you know, so some people have a wide receiver one, and I think it's still a bet on the upside. And I think it's a fine bet on the upside. I'm just worried. These bigger guys who are rare athletes who have just won because they're good athletes or they're bigger and good athletes. That's where I get the struggle bus. That's why I was a little bit lower last year. If you want to check the, check the recording on Traylon Burks, I had him fifth. Because there was just things I'm like, okay, he fascinates me because of just how big and and strong and fast he is. But we got to see more in terms of, I think, two bigger parts of my evaluation process, release route running. There's a lot that my eval goes into that. It's, it's about 35% of, of, of the evaluation process. So and explosiveness is obviously carries a lot of weight for me as well. And I, you know, you have yak, and then you have the catch point really receiving. What what can he do when, at the moment of truth, when the ball arrives? So there's a lot of that. And Johnson is just like there. Are, if you're trying to grade him play by play, you're going to lose your mind. Promise. It's just like oh, it's there. That's like oh, it's not there. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's not there. So it's 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 maddeningly maddeningly inconsistent, and that's where we get into trouble. So. I can't 
wait to see where he lands. It's going to fascinate me because it's like, all right, is the wide receiver coach good? Is the quarterback going to work with him? Like, are, are, does he have mentors in the receiving room? Like, if he goes to Houston, he's got Robert Woods, but it's like there are just guys in that room who won't be able to, like, they're going to help him hone in on the refining points of the game, but he's just moved faster than them. So it's just like a, a, he has to process so much in an in instant. And it's going to be it's going to be a challenge, but I do think like again, he has wide receiver one potential in the class. There's no doubt about it. But he also has the potential to be like wide receiver 10. It's difficult. It's very difficult. So, he didn't he didn't separate a lot in the in and out breakers. That's another thing like he he's trying to win the in breakers, but he's just I think he's just taking too much of his time, you know, getting hung up with physicality, so it's it's a weird eval for Quentin Johnson, but it'd be interesting, you know, check out where he lands in the rankings. Uh Let's get to Zay Flowers, uh, who at 5'9", 182, runs the 4'4", That's a good time. You know, he, he shows that speed. He's, you know, very jitterbug-esque, but he can win vertically. Why? He he knows, okay, win the post corner, win the corner post, right? Like understanding, okay, the safety's back there. I'm going to accelerate one direction. You know, I'm going to sell the corner to win the post. I'm going to get the guy to turn. I'm going to get in the blind spot, and I'm going to accelerate out of that break, and I'm gone. And he does that so so very often, and it's a very good part of his game. He, he's, he's got the quick twitches in the release package. He can speed release. He has shown the ability to stack quickly in the stem, right, to open up his options. Post-catch, he's a nightmare. He's fast. He's lightning quick. You know, he can sink the hips, you know, changing direction, decel acceleration, like it's all there. He is just a nemesis to defense's post-catch. Like the ability for him to catch a ball but already understand, okay, where's my defender at? You know, I need to be able to backtrack this, backtrack myself post catch as a runner. You know, I'm going to get these guys grasping for air. And he does that. He's a vertical threat very clearly. That's why we a lot of people mocking him to the Chargers. But I think the thing with him is also, again, press kind of erases him a little bit. You know, he just not, he doesn't have, the, again, also the length to, to combat it when he's initially stunned, right? That's, a, it's a difficult ask. Now, catch point. He's pretty good. Like overall, like he he slows the stride to kind of use use the leverage he has to make catches. He can slow the stride to adjust to the football. So there's there's a lot to like in all three phases of the game, really. And he's got the you know pretty solid explosiveness to boot. I think the question with him is he also he also body catches, and we talked about press, and he played a lot of time outside though, and he succeeded outside. So a lot of people put him over Addison. Some people have you know have him at one. He also body catches, by the way. He just kind of gets away with it a little bit more than Johnson does. I will say, though, the catch, the drop rates are pretty similar. His is 10.3%. Johnson's was like 11.8. So there's still some of that there. Now, drops inherently aren't always indicative. Like a lot of the guys, a lot of the top, you know, target earners drop the most passes. It's just how it goes. Like you're going to drop passes. Um, just not many people are Larry Fitzgerald, and that's okay. But I think it's 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 hand technique that you've learned and learned and learned that grows into a problem. Now, I give credit for Zay for 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 sticking it out and, and like you know being able to to mask as much as he can. But we'll see. Um, I I still like him quite a bit though. I I remember talking about him back in the summer of 2020. I think before we were getting rolling, it's like man, yeah, this guy's got a lot of great stuff. You know, a lot in the toolbox as a receiver. Can't wait to see it. He goes back to school. He has to suffer through bad quarterback play. But overall, he excites me for sure. I like him quite a bit. Okay, let's 
think about where we want to go next here. I think we talk the Tennessee guys for sure. So let's talk Jalen Hyatt and let's talk Cedric Tillman. I think the Tennessee guys, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think we're both come off the board now because I don't think, you know, when you're talking about Hyatt and Tillman at this point, I, I Hyatt was like to one point where it's like, yeah, he's probably going round one because he's run really, really fast. And then he ran four, four flat. And it's like, okay, that's fine. That's a good time. But your one trick isn't as fast as we thought it was. Now, combine, is that a big deal? I I don't know. The the play speed is cl- is clearly there on film. You know, he's he's outrunning, you know, two defenders. You know, he's just he's running to a spot and people just can't keep up with him. His one trick on film is extremely good and he's got reliable hands. Like that's that the drop grade is is very solid overall. I don't think his drop rate's very high. Maybe it's no six point nine percent. That's not very high. So Again, he posted a ridiculous number, 67 catches, 12-67, and 15 touchdowns in the SEC. Like, that's that's noteworthy, right? And, and again, another guy who, though, 87% of the time, that man is in the slot. Now, Tennessee's offense, they're stacking guys. You know, they're asking him to just run to space. Is he developing a route tree? Not really. Now, I, I will give him the vertical plane because I think a lot of people are going to open up early because he's fast. And it's going to open up underneath stuff, and I think he can he can work the curl routes, the hook routes, very pretty efficiently. It's it's fine overall, but I think he needs to. There, there's still a few things where I look at him and I'm like, yeah, I mean, if he really wants to be like that guy, I have questions. Yeah, so I mean, with with him, it's I think just when you have that field tilting acceleration you know you can win the post routes you win the corner routes because you can maintain speed through that break i think he's a pretty solid tracker he works back to the football well uh you know there's there's flashes of route pacing um because again he's such a good accelerator but i think again contact in the stem how does he respond to that not well um he i would love to see him pressure step on the crossing routes give himself some space there's just some some routes where he's trying to tempo and it's just he's he's not leveraging the tempo he could be to gain separation. I think there's just times where I think he the timing when you try when he's trying to do it's just off and you see throws that are coming up short. Why? Well, he should have been in the break faster. He should have been accelerating faster. Like just timing and and you know route depth yardage like that's. It's still it's still a work in progress. Got to be able to win underneath, you know, intermediate. If you want to be, you know, I think if you want to be wide receiver one in the class, you got to be able to do that. Like I know the class isn't the best, but like I still think that there's clearly a role, right? Like we're we're not going to bag on the guy too much. There's a role here, right? So, it, but it's tough. I think the fantasy community is not going to be behind him because again, he's just not going to be a high volume target guy, especially right away. Like I know he six for two hundred seven and five touchdowns against Bama. That's awesome. You know, but like, I don't think we're, we're just not going to see that kind of stuff because again, he's he's going to be the guy that that teams are adding because they have you know they have size or they have route running at the position like the Chargers, right? They have Allen and, and Williams. What do they need? They need Hyatt. They need Hyatt to stretch the defense both vertically and horizontally when they can because he's that fast and that's so that that role is there for Hyatt. I think he can fill it really well. Again, he's 176 pounds, so again another small so. How much do we trust that? So Cedric Tillman, his teammate, 
uh, had a really strong year in 2021, 64 catches, 1,081 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Uh, two insanely good games against Bama and Georgia. Nice. Uh, he is obviously an X-type, right? He is, he's 6'3", 213. He plays the majority on the boundary. I think it's like I think it's like 88%, yeah, 91% in 2021. So he is that player. Um, he's going to be the guy who's you know got the size and, and the adaptability to handle press in the variety of forms that it is, right? There's bail technique, right? There's quick jam, you know. There's a lot. There's softer press like that. He has he has good adaptability. He's powerful with his hands and understands when to use them to to combat leverage or combat press, not leverage, combat press. And I think he does a good job winning the slant route, and he can win deep. He's a good long strider. You know, not the best stacker because he's not overly explosive, but he can find ways to win downfield at the catch point, right? He's making adjustments. He's got a good catch radius, reliable hands. Like, there's there's clearly a a role for him as a boundary X, and, like, he's a guy who's, like, more Mike Williams than, you know, anybody else. I think people are trying to say, like, Quentin Johnson's got some Mike Williams. Not really. He doesn't win the catch point very well like Mike Williams does. Again, another strong player with with last two seasons. He's got over two yards per route run, you know, and his A dot's really high, 16 yards in 2021, 14 in 2022. The drop rate's really low. He's he's under four four and a half percent for his career. Right? Like he won 13 of 18 contested balls in 2021. Like those are really good numbers. So like overall, I think Tillman's a little bit underrated. I think he's probably going in the top 75 at the very least. Uh, teams like the Giants, they need a player like that. Uh, Jacksonville needs a player like that. There, there, there are quite a few teams that that are looking for you know this X who blocks his butt off as well. Like there's going to be again another player who I think has a defined role, right? He's not going to be elevate himself into like this you know great tier wide receiver one types, but he's a guy you add to the room with size where you need it. So yeah, like those two. Um, let's take a quick break here at this moment and we'll get to i think highlighting more players as we can here down the line in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value jordan love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com the only repack that provides real value a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. All right, guys, back here with you uh, on the pod here. 
Okay, let's talk about A.T. Perry from Wake Forest. Really like the player here. I think he's a little bit more sudden um, and has a, a pretty good plan of attack as a receiver from, from all levels than, than a guy like Cedric Tillman does. Um, back-to-back productive seasons, right? You're looking at 71 catches, 1,296 yards, 15 touchdowns in 2021, 81 catches, 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns in 2022. Really highly regarded player. Again, another guy who's playing over 90% of his snaps out wide. Uh, he's not an overly dynamic yak player. That's the one thing I think where explosiveness post-catch is a problem, but I think he's got enough long speed and long acceleration where he can win down the field. And the 447 I think, confirms that. Back-to-back seasons over 2.5 yards per route run on an average depth of target over 15. Not winning a ton of contested balls. I would like to see that number be higher, but again, 11 of 25 in 2022. He is a little bit leaner at 198. He is 6'3", though. So I think you're getting a player, though, who is really sudden as a route runner, but really nuanced in his plan of attack, right? He is a great episode. If you want to go look over at like bootleg football with with Brett Coleman and uh, EJ Snyder, they talked, about, they talked to him. Um, he's a Shrine Bowl guy about his plan of attack for routes, and I think he's just understanding footwork and release and pacing and where the defender is leveraged and what the coverage is behind said defender. Like, he's got such a smart mind, and I think that's going to really play into what he can do. Again, another guy who stacks really well and can handle the catch point. You know, he can stack early in his route, right? I think he, he's, he's, he's got short area quicks enough to, to be a strong separator at all three levels. I'm really liking the profile here, and, like, this is, again, he's a little bit older. He's 23 and a half, pretty close to that. And he will, he will be 23 and a half by draft night. So, again, a little bit older prospect, but like a, a player who I think is really, really sound in just a lot of areas. You know, good hands catcher. Like, I came away really impressed. And I know a few concerns will be like, yeah, is he running the glance and the RPO stuff, the elongated mesh? Is that helping him win downfield because defenses have to account for the run? Sure. But, again, I think the speed is 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 evident on film. So, again, I like the player quite a bit. Uh, let's talk about Rasheed Rice. I think he's his ranking has been all over the place. I've seen him as high as three. I've seen him as low as, you know, I had him. I, I've got him, you know, around that top ten range. You know, we're, we're working through the grades. He's still, you know, on the cusp of is he going to be inside of ten or not. I think with Rice, the question is overwhelmingly, I think, just... Is he overall dynamic enough to, again, be short area separator, be the deep threat that he was in college? Again, numbers are really good. 96 catches, 1,344 yards, 10 touchdowns in his final season at SMU. I just think he faced so much off coverage that I think for him, finding the the plan of attack with his routes in terms of handling press and, you know, you know, gaining some early leverage and using that early leverage to, you know, leverage himself open and routes, right? He's got to be more crisp. I think he's not as as fluid with the route breaks as he should be. There are times where it's there and there are times where it's not, and he looks stiff through the break, and it's costing him some space that he's already earned himself in the route. But again, I think for a guy who doesn't stack often because he just doesn't have enough speed to do so, I think he does a great job tracking the football, Right when you track it over your shoulder, be aware of the sideline, be aware of where defender is. Right, shielding yourself from contact, and then he's a great ball winner above the rim. Like we've seen that on film. Like he is really impressive in that area. 
uh, contested wins I wanted to look at. Yeah, 16 of 33. That's a lot of contested balls. You know, he's able to win down the field because I think he's just better than than lower competition. He's a tough one to figure out because I think he's a pretty solid yak player. Over six yards after the catch per, per reception. Over three yards per route run. He's 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 a tantalizing playmaker, really good blocker, right? He's he's really good at finishing as a blocker. Like this is a guy who I think you could you could flip in the slot, be a power slot immediately because he just handles off coverage a lot better. He can attack post catch, but again, you can also you know put him outside, let him win you know the ball above the rim, give him some chances in the red zone. Like there's a good profile brewing here. I'm just worried about a little bit of of, of you know quicks and flexibility and again the route running that and release that consistently show up i need to see it more consistently i think for me that's that's my biggest question mark okay xavier hodgson iowa state really productive final season 107 catches 1171 yards six touchdowns nearly had two seasons over a thousand at 990 in 2021 um burst on the scene a little bit later he is He's still 22, which is good. Um, still a little bit younger than a couple of guys in the class. Uh, I think this is your quintessential chain mover. I think he's a good route runner, you know, understanding hand swiping early against press, like handling contact in the stem, right? We're working the slant route. We can win that. You know, I've seen him, you know, deploy the shuffle release. You deploy split release, right? He's, he's doing a good job of handling what's thrown at him over two and a half yards per route run both years, the last two Average a little bit more yak per reception last year, but I think he's a, just a tough playmaker post-catch. But I think where he really shines is the catch radius as well. Like, he wins a slant, the wins a glance around the RPO, but like him, you know, expanding the target zone for quarterbacks is a big deal, making one-handed catches outside of his frame, making great adjustments, going to win the football in the air. Like, he does all that really, really well. And I, I, I'm impressed with Hutchinson. I just think the ceiling is pretty capped, right? You're not going to, like, suddenly find you know, a more explosive playmaker. It's just not going to happen, right? Like, so he could also be thrust into the slot if he needs to. But again, 70% of his snaps are out wide. So he's got plenty of experience handling things on the perimeter. I think he sticks in the league, no problem. Um, it's just like, where's the ceiling capped, right? Where are you going to draft him? This is a mid-round guy at the position, most likely. But again, a team who needs the chain-moving type, who, who's going to help your quarterback out if he gets a little inaccurate at times. Like, this is a good player to, to kind of push into that role. Okay, so there's a lot of um, there's there's serious analytical hype brewing. The Marvin Mims hype train is rolling right now. Let me tell you, like I'm seeing rankings get moved up where guys are like he's top five, he's top three. I'm putting him at two. He's the only guy grading the 90th percentile with JSN. You know, I think. I think people may be a little bit turned off by the air raid scheme, and it's like they're not asking him to do a lot, but I think you see a clear understanding of of leverage and spacing, you know, understanding to work zone coverage, right? Understanding to get into blind spots, accelerate through your breaks, you know, use that pacing late in the stem to make defenders make a choice, dictate where they're going to go. Like that a lot, has the speed to win deep. That's very, very clear, and that's kind of where he thrusts into a little bit more of a Hyatt role as well. He's 5'11", 183. He's a little bit bigger, a little bit denser than Hyatt as a prospect. So like that as well. 
But again, he's got some really impressive reps of, of adjusting and finding the football in, in some dire situations. And everybody shared the Texas Tech clip of him like just finding a way to wrap around a defender to catch the football. But I think it's very interesting this this last year, 2022. Last year, 2021, 75% of his snaps in the slot. This year, just 30. He's moving out wide. He's making more plays on the on. on on the outside, he won six of eleven contested balls. That's really good for a young, for a smaller receiver. I think Mims is the, definitely the player who could outperform where he's drafted. I'm not sure where he's going, honestly, because there's a lot of it's the drop off is clear. I think we we have a pretty decent indicator that like one four of Addison Smith and Jigba Johnston Flowers Hyatt are probably going pretty early probably for the first five i think oh there's a player i i haven't talked about but he'll he he might be the fifth depending on how teams view the size but like mims i think is going to be another guy who goes day two i think he's just again we can say say what you want like he's 21 and that matters right there's there's you know younger player more to develop with his own in his game right you're getting him uh in a room where you believe where, where people believe the ceiling is higher and and I think with an air raid offense you I think you believe in the route tree expanding pretty well in terms of his flexibility that he has and the explosiveness he plays with so I think that's all there I think that's why that is the case and and I I, I tend to agree I think he's a top 10 receiver I'm not sure if I'm ready to crown him top five yet but we'll see grading's not done we're gonna go back because the Mims hype train got out of control I think We'll see if it's out of control or not. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, tap in and watch a couple more games of his back just to see if there's anything that like add another detail into what he is as a player. But I, I was impressed. I think he among the smalls is yeah, like I said, like many have said, he's he's pretty pretty undervalued at this point. I want to quickly not forget about Josh Downs. I want to talk about him. Uh, I think this guy has a better understanding of like just how to separate natural separation, right? He's, he's, he's a really flexible and like he sinks the hips as good as Addison does through the break point, but like he uses tempo, right? He's explosive. Uh, and he, he has made some tough catches outside of a frame of, of five, nine and one seventy one that I think you would be shocked to see. And the numbers are off the charts, right? He's catching 101 for 13, 35 and eight as a sophomore, right? He catches 94 for 1029, 11 touchdowns as a junior, and and he's explosive after the catch as well. He's averaging uh he didn't average a lot this past year, but in, in 2021, seven and a half yards after the catch per reception, two point eight yards per route run. He just, just missed two point two this past year. He's still a slot guy and he's gonna work the middle of the field, but he's gonna be dangerous after the catch because he's he's explosive and he's you know really flexible mover who can drop the hips and change direction in an instant. Right, like that's that's gonna happen. How about this for you? Thirteen of eighteen contested wins. He's explosive as a as a guy who can elevate to the rim to make a play. And there's just subtle things he does within the route because he's so explosive. He can kind of get away with ad-libbing a little bit, you know, adding a little bit of a rocker step or, or a pressure step here and there to kind of either freeze the defender or get him moving where he wants him to. Like, he can add that because he's explosive enough to get back within the timing and structure of the route. And that's what makes him, I think extremely dangerous as well. Like it's very possible that we're talking about him 
glowingly, and some people have him as high as two. I've seen him as high as that in the rankings um, from from a couple guys. It's very possible that we're talking about him, and he is, you know, Isaiah McKenzie. That would not be ideal uh, in the top 50, to be honest, because McKenzie's kind of really getting phased out. I'm worried that I may think he's... I think he's better than Wandell Robinson, though, who went 43rd. So do with that what you will, and he's younger. So I think the role is there in the slot. I think he can be Randall Cobb with, you know, a little bit of... Uh, he's Randall Cobb, I think, with an added gear. I would say I, I think Cobb had a nice gear, but, like, Downs has got a gear. And I don't care about the 448 speed. I He runs away from guys, and he makes a miss. He's tough to cover. Yes. Love downs. Love, love, love downs. Okay. We got to get to a few more, of course. I want to talk about, let's see, there's a few names. I want to get to some sleepers too, but I want to cover as many as I can for you guys. Let's go to, oh man, where do I want to go first? There's a lot of names in this middling tier that I think could, could really elevate themselves. And it's really hard to... I think it's I think it's harder and harder to once you get to about seven or eight, maybe even nine, depending on how you see a couple guys, I think, at the turn, Rasheed Rice being one of them, that it starts to get tough ranking these dudes. But let's let's do what we can here. Let's let's try and talk about um as many as we can and uh not overwhelm you. <laughs> but let's talk Jonathan Mingo, who's got the build at like six, one and three quarters two twenty. you know, runs the four, four, six, the athletic testing numbers are off the charts. So for me, uh, I think we briefly mentioned him at the start of the, of the show where again, the production wasn't really there at all until this past year, but he's averaging over 15 and a half yards per reception. Uh, yeah, he caught 51 for eight sixty one, pretty solid. Uh, He's pretty mixed, and, and that's where it gets interesting with him. When you look at this breakdown here, 35% of the time he's in the slot, 55% of the time he's out wide, 9% he was in line. Yes, Mississippi used Mingo as an inline blocker. He got snaps where he's in the three-point stance. He's got snaps in the you know where he's in the wing attached to the formation where he, they need him to block because he's so big and, and because he's so strong. Like, he can do that, and he is a really effective blocker. Uh, you know, teams who want that, you know, if he, if you want him to play power slot, I think that's a great option for him because he's going to give you that added guy who can feign playing tight end basically, uh, when you run a lot of 11 and he's going to help you in the run game that way. But he's also, you know, fast and explosive enough to, you know, threaten the crossers, threaten the, threaten those sneak routes, you know, on the backfield. And, and, you know, he's a speedy dude after the catch and, and he's built like a running back where it's tough to bring him down. And I think that's, that's the allure to him that I think he's growing into a talented receiver. Not yet 22. He will be in about a week and a half. So, but I, I, I thought that with with Mingo, I think it's just the finer details of playing receiver, right? We know the size and speed. I think his hands got a lot better. I think a lot of people were talking about like, yeah, he's a body catcher. I think he did a lot better. Uh, and I think the, that that tracks in terms of the 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 catch uh the, the the drop rate yeah so the drop rate as uh, in 2021 was 14.8 percent not a good number we don't want that dropped it to 7.3 percent in 2022 that's a lot better we can we can work with that right if people like zay flowers enough and they're okay with his 10 percent rate mangoes is better um so yeah i think he looks more natural catching the football he had a one-handed grab 
uh, this year that was really fun. He's going up to win the ball in the air, right? He's a quick stacker, and I think he can defeat press really well because he's big, strong, and can handle, you know, physicality really well. So he's going to be able to win down the field vertically. Uh, if you don't get hands on him, it's it's GGs. Uh, and like I said, that uh, that gives him, you know, a, a ton of room to work with post-catch. And I think you see the finer points of pressing vertically, you know, on crossing routes to get defenders to move out of where you want where you want to go right pressure steps are there blind spots are there like he's improving as a route runner i think i ranked him too low uh in the draft guide i helped work on i think i'm going to push him up because i think when i did the video on him check that out if you want to uh he looks really impressive and i understand where the hype is coming from so checked in with the hype train there Good reviews on the second checks. I'm interested to see, like I said, with Mims, if that is the case as well. All right, let's see where we want to go next here. It's just a lot of directions. I know there's a player that I really don't really want to cover that much, but I'm going to get to as many as I can here. Let's try to rapid fire. Jaden Reed, he's 5'11", 187. I want to highlight one thing, and one thing is 11 of 17. Uh, in terms of contested wins, that's a really, really good number for a guy who's 187 and 511. Runs 445, so he's got speed to boot. Uh, overall, I think the explosiveness is there. I, I think he's he's a fine player. My one concern is watching contact through the stem, even if it's an off, just disrupt everything. Like when he's uncontacted, he's tough to handle because he's a jitterbug with explosiveness. He's a flexible player. Like route tree is going to come pretty easy to him. I just think contact disrupts him and and, and he then him more than others. And that's that's my one concern. So with him, and that's again, he played in a physical conference. He was able to win contested balls, which is great. I just feel like like you know when you're running the sail routes, when you run the deep crossers, and guys are bumping you, and you're you're kind of just losing balance. That's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. Not all of these small guys who play the position really well are going to hang. They just aren't. It's, just, it's not going to happen. Speaking of, Tyler Scott at Cincinnati, this guy I really like. Uh, he kind of does a lot of things that Flowers does really well. He does a lot of things that Mims does really well, so I don't want to repeat a whole ton of stuff. But like he understands you know, the blind spots and the acceleration through break points and winning vertically down the field. He's got plenty of speed to do that. For him, it's the body catching. So he's there's so many similarities to him. I think with it, with him and Flowers, like he can make the first defender miss. He's got good catch to attack transition. Like he can win the slant route and be gone in an instant. So like Tyler Scott, I think I would rather swing on than than a guy like Jaden Reed personally. But I get flipping the two. Very fair. Uh, so yeah, cover Tyler Scott. <laughs> we're just we're just trying to rip through. Uh, Dontavian Wicks potentially a Packer potentially for Packers fans out there Mingo on the list definitely uh Rasheed Rice probably on the list uh JSN it's dicey if they want to bend for him I think they should bend for him but you know we've talked a lot about that now Tavian Wicks for me uh he was dominant in 2021 57 grabs for 1201 and nine touchdowns that's 21 yards per reception that is dumb. <laughs> it, it really is. It's dumb. And he plays on the outside. You know, he's 6'1", 206. He's still a bigger player. And But I think the, the one thing that, that's important to look at 
is 8.1 drop percentage in 2021, 23.1 drop percentage in 2022. What happened? And like he was converting big bucket plays, but I think he's just got a really nice understanding of, you know, how to, how to be really a poker player in terms of a route runner. He's not overly explosively and fast, right? His 40 time was not really good, but he finds a way with long strides, physicality, right, and, and nuanced movement skills to to threaten, you know, defender path and, and threaten open windows initially where he won down the field and he won contested balls. He was, gosh darn it, he was 15 of 29 with contested balls, in 2021, he was only 3 of 14 in 2022. Something happened, right? Because he was just a bucket getter who could get buckets everywhere around the field. And that's where I think the allure comes with him. And the 4-6-2 is going to be a turnoff. Ah, the 2021 film so good. The 2022 film leaves a little bit to be desired. And that's, I think, where the hype is cooled a little bit. But I, I still like the player a, a decent bit. Uh, let's talk about the two other Big Ten guys quick before I get to one of my favorites. I want to talk about Parker Washington, who's kind of really the thick build at slot. He's like 5'10", over 200. So he's not like the slot of the, the class, really, where you can see you know, 171 pounds, 173, 183, 187 right now. He's 206. He's a junior. Uh, he produced in the Penn State offense. I, I he to me is not really a strong, you know, route runner. I think he kind of is like it's fine. He runs the he runs the route that's intended. There's no like eyes, head, shoulders, a lot like what Addison does that I really didn't mention a whole lot of, but like using everything at your disposal to get a defender believing you're doing something that you aren't doing. Washington doesn't really do that. He just kind of like, all right, I'm running the slant. I'm going to run this as straightforward as possible because I'm big. I can handle the, I can handle contact point. I've got strong hands, right? I go and elevate to get the football. And I've got contact balance of, of a pretty solid running back. Post catch, I got decent speed. Like that's where he hangs his hats. And I think that that gives him the opportunity to succeed. 5'10, 204, right? Like he, he is career. 11 of 17 in contested spots because he just elevates really well and adjusts really well. And he can go win the football over two yards per route run last two seasons. Those are good numbers. The drop rate is low. It's very low. So that's good for him. Again, is he just another slot? That's, that's I think, the question. But I think he offers you some, some running back build, not quite to the level, obviously, of Mingo. But, you know, there's there's toughness there. Right, and, and there's just a, a willingness to play through contact, whether it be you know pre-catch or catch point or post-catch. All three phases, he has no problem handling contact. Charlie Jones, a lot of people think he's the most underrated receiver in the class. Good catch to and through contact. You know, a catch point receiver, you know, can find ways to to separate at the catch point, whether it be adjusting back shoulder, right, elevating. Strong hands. I think he's got really strong coverage ID and, and success rate is high against zone coverage. I think the issue with him is he's not overly fast and overly quick, right? He's winning because of, of the salesman he is. But I think if he outs, if he tacks the outside hip a little bit better, he's going to leverage better separation. Um, if he's got a better plan as a route runner, right? Like 
the burst isn't really there to create like tempo issues, right, and get get guys kind of off their game as corners. So length and physicality give him some struggles. Like I get it, kind of, but I also don't get it at the same time. With with Charlie Jones, it's a tough sell for me, a little bit. Um, Michael Wilson, Stanford. Let's talk about him quick. Uh, availability is one of the best abilities, and he missed more games than he played the last three years. That's tough. But when you look at how strong he is and, and explosive he is off of his release, whether it be off the split release, the speed release, right? He's he's getting into his route really quickly, the stem quick, and he is efficient, flexible, and explosive through the route break. It's a tough ask for defenders. Senior Bowl did really well with that. And I think he's got the size to block and to handle the contact point. Either you, you, I think you like him or you don't. You like the possession route running type, or you're just like, nah, like I can't get on board with it. That's fair. It's a tough sell. Like he is, he's really been the, one of the big risers through the process. That's all been a coin flip. It's really often a coin flip. You get guys like Denzel Mims, or you get guys like Christian Watson. The big risers in the process at receiver, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Okay, a few more names that I want to get to. Uh, we didn't mention Tank Dell, but he's, I mean, at 163, it's going to be hard for me. Like, he's a player who, like, I get it, returner, really good, right? Explosive slot, awesome. But, like, I just, I like downs better significantly. Um, and, again, a guy who's just going to get pushed around is tough. Like, I get it. He's got a really strong plan of attack. Got wicked twitch, got wicked explosiveness that that aids him in his quest to get open. Like, he's just a guy that I'm just not going to be there for. The outlier is too great for him, right? And I just don't I don't see it as much. I'm worried it's another Jalen Darden. I'm worried we're jumping on a train of, of Eskridge and Sky Moore where it just has not worked out for these mid-major, smaller school guys at receiver who we keep pumping up. We love them. I'm, I'm hopeful for Sky Moore still. The Eskridge train has, has, completely, has completely sailed. That ship is gone. So like that worries me, and then again he's a 163. He's not even like, you know, on the on the, in the middling spectrum of some of these small guys, right? Like the the size of the class has been moved, right? And w- when you look at average size of the class, but he's he's just well below that, and he's well below like the the outlier that is Addison at, at his size too. So like, and, and and Devontae Smith has everything when he was 170. Like I, I'm worried this is like an Atwell or a Darden situation or an Eskridge situation. Hopefully not a Sky Moore situation. We're still hopeful, crossing our fingers, but Tank Dell, I'm just if he hits, cool. Like, I'm not drafting him to be anything other than a returner or a rotational guy that can maybe give me something post catcher down the field. Again, if it's wrong, I'll own the L on that. I'm just not gonna be there. For, for that like I won't be there like you know when you place in your bets there's just some guys you just like I, I won't be there on that if it hits great it's just not worth the risk for me that's that's Dell to me there is a player that I was thinking of now that I cannot think of let me get over here to make sure I haven't missed anybody that I really wanted to cover um Trey Palmer yeah I mean again explosive pretty good size too at, at at six foot 192 he ran the 433 broke out pretty late though um for those you know in the analytical world i still i i think the player's pretty solid uh in the middle rounds probably day three 
I'm just worried like we're trying to pump up everybody in this class and it's like, ah, there's just going to be like a handful who do well. And it's like, yeah, the class just wasn't good. And that's that's how it is. I'm worried Palmer's one of those. Um, like he legitimately like is Samore Toure kind of with a faster time in the 40. Like that's that's kind of it, right? Like it's, it's kind of there. Um, yeah, we'll talk about one of my favorite sleepers, a couple of them. I don't think anybody's really, is anybody really a sleeper anymore? Is anybody really a sleeper? Oh, we got to talk. We got to talk about this guy. Uh, Keishan Booty. Another guy where it's like, I'm just probably not going to be there, folks. Like this has been a, a dreadful draft process. Now that's all, that's not always a killer, but like at the same time, like we wanted him to break out in 2022, right? Like the injuries hampered him. Like he's an explosive player, right? You know, post catch, he was tough to bring down and tough to catch in the open field, right? He could win vertically, you know, great hands, just the, the ability to utilize the acceleration. He was gifted like it's that it was there, right? It gave him some, some abilities, a route runner. We talked about the vertical threat. He was tracking the ball, winning the ball. Like it was all there came in a little bit. It looked like he was a little bit bigger. Explosiveness was a little sapped early on his in 2022 plays the slot has some rift with coaches it sounded like then there's the off the field at the sec title game and then he comes in and just doesn't doesn't isn't ready for the process it's like i'm not gonna be there like you can't four or five you're way more you've got way more acceleration and, and, and in-game speed than that like you could have come in and crushed the crush the draft process you did not i don't like that i don't like that and it's not end-all be-all right the athletic testing is an end-all be-all but like it just felt like like that he what he it wasn't concerning to him, and I don't like that. I really don't like that. Uh, last couple players, let's talk uh, Puka Nakwa from BYU. Uh, size at the position six two two a one like really good at elevating and adjusting. Um, you know, tiptoe like balance, really good awareness. Like he is, you know. Got like the, some of those Jordy Nelson esque sideline catches that really get you excited when he goes up and wins the ball, but I think and, and the other thing is he is deployed in jet motion. He is deployed on the reverse. Like they trust him with I think excellent field vision, good speed, and good ability to break tackles and force missed tackles. Whether it be with the frame he has or the quicks he has, dangerous playmaker. He is the the biggest biggest game of of his season was definitely against Notre Dame. Shut out on three targets, not great. Uh, Arkansas though, eight for one forty-one and one. Uh, Boise State, biggest rival in the conference. I would in well, I guess, yeah, biggest rival, uh, one of their biggest out west. Uh, Fourteen for one fifty-seven and two. Like he he is flexible. It's just let's work on the route tree. Like he is the developmental. Let's get the route tree fixed because you're really good in two phases of the game. Let's just get you ready for this third phase that we need you to win in. And and the results could deliver. Andre Yosivash. Yosivash is correct, people. We'll work on that. Um, yeah, Princeton, big dude. Going to probably remind people of everybody's favorite Packers receiver now, Mr. Christian Watson. I mean, size-wise and athletic testing-wise, yeah, it's there. 6'3", 205, ran the 4'3", a little bit slower than Watson, but production was good. Averaged 14.5 yards per reception. 
in 2022. Um, and he's playing out wide, right? He's 11 of 16 in contested spots. He dominated competition as he should. That's great news. Like winning the ball in the air, right? Being bigger than everybody, being faster than everybody. He's kind of, he's got some of the similar issues as Watson. I just don't think he's as fast. I don't think he's as flexible. And like the route running, I think is just not as good as Watson. So like I'm willing to day three swing. I'm just, again, worried that it was like, yes, competition dominated down there. He didn't really get open at the senior bowl where it's tailored to wide receivers. That's a little concerning for sure. But again, I think well worth a sleeper dart throw late. I didn't cover the Maryland guys, but I do like Raheem Jarrett, uh, you know, speedy slot. Jacob Copeland, I like a little bit better. He got more size, got more, you know, ability to get guys to open the gate as a route runner, good, efficient route breaks, got the route tree on lock. He's good at the crossers, good comeback player, good on the vertical plane. Like, it's all there for him. So I like him a lot. Uh, and then I want to talk about Grant Dubose really quick from Charlotte, player who I think is really good with the release, you know, strong hands, you know, productive player for Charlotte. I think the tools are really intriguing there. And I would definitely, that's a guy I think on day three that I feel like could easily carve out a role. Like I, that's a guy I'd be pounding the table for once the rounds we get a little deeper. So there you go. Like I said, best fits for the Packers. Like I said, just really quick before we get out of here, JSN in round one, of course. After that, I would just wait. I would wait. Like I like Addison. They're probably not going to like Addison and Hyatt. Maybe they like Hyatt. It feels like a smokescreen. A lot of people have said this. Brian Moffey was one of the, is, is one of them who's been on that for a while. He, you know him. He's been on the show with JJ a couple times. Like, there is... They, I feel like they're going to like Tillman, A.T. Perry, Mingo. They'll probably like Yoshi, Yossi Vash. Uh, they'll like... They'll probably like Rasheed Rice, I think... And oh, there's got to be one. Oh, Wicks. Wicks, I think the speed is not great, but I think the like Wicks. So like what, a lot of those guys, I think one of them could be a Packer um, and it'll be fun to add to the receiver room because I think they do need to do so. Uh, it's it's young. That's great. It just lacks some depth. I, I hope Dobbs takes the leap. But again, I think he's going to be a really strong rotational player. If he gets the wide receiver two mantle, awesome, good for him. If it's wide receiver three, okay, guess what? Need a two. So that'll do it for the show. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. Hope you guys got a lot on the receiver class in this one. Let me know your rankings, you know. Drop them on the Facebook page. I'm on there. I I, I chat sometimes. Uh, follow me at JKML Draft on Twitter if you want to drop your rankings there. Cool. Let's talk about it. YouTube channel link is on my Twitter if you want to, you know, talk there, comment on videos there. Cool. We'll do that for sure. Uh, I think we'll probably be back with position rankings again on Friday unless we do something that will be a lot more, maybe more fun for you guys. I think would be, you know, a little more entertaining, but maybe we'll combine them. Maybe we'll drop two shows later this week. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy your week. Draft season is, is very close. We're very excited for it. See you later.